Yeah. Can we get that that theme music? (laughs) (laughs) Just hear it in your head. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Got it. (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Jesuitical, a new podcast from the young, hip, and lay editors of American Media. That lay part means we aren't Jesuits, but we work with them. Join us each week for a smart Catholic take on faith, culture, and the news, often over drinks. I'm Ashley McKinless, and I'm joined by Zach Davis. Hello. And not Olga Segura. Aww. <laughs> she uh, is taking a well-deserved vacation in Tokyo right now. So yes. So she's not with us. Hey, Olga from Japan. Um, before we go any further, I wanted to ask how you feel about this hip descriptor in our introduction. Um, Does it come across that we know it's not true? Are you saying I'm not hip? <laughs> All right, moving on. Yeah, it's Ash Wednesday when we're recording right now. Uh, so you're hungry. You're hangry. I'm, I didn't want to say hangry. <laughs> I see you don't have ashes on your forehead. Okay, easy. Oh. Uh, yeah, so. I'm sure, I'm sure you're going to go to mass right after this. That's correct. Ashley has a smudge on her forehead. I <laughs> think she just went and rubbed some dirt on her face. But allegedly she has been to mass. I have not yet. I'm going at seven. And I don't get the benefit of everyone knowing that yeah, I've been I to know. church all What's day. What's the point? Yeah. Honestly, that's this is the thing that always gets me about Ash Wednesday readings is you get that reading where Jesus is like, don't, you know, if fast you pray, in private. Do it. Yeah, yeah, do, do it, it in private. You know, don't complain to everyone that you're yeah. fasting yeah. and hangry. But yeah. then it's then, the one day we let the entire world know that we've mm-hmm. been to church today yeah, <laughs> and that we're fasting. So <laughs> contradictions abound all the time in Catholicism. Yeah. So later in the show, we are going to speak with Jorge Corona. Um, He is a fellow parishioner at Zach and I's church and an undocumented immigrant. So he's going to talk about what it's like um, to not have legal status in Trump's America. Yeah. And he also works at Gizmodo, which he works on Fusion. If you've ever seen, they have a lot of videos that go out on Facebook. And he went very public with his uh, documentation status earlier this year. That was a coming out uh, for a lot of people in his life. It was how I learned about his immigration status. We we did record that interview uh, a week ago, so Olga, yeah. Olga got to join us for it. But before we get to that interview, it's time for Signs of the Times, the portion of our show where we sift through the Catholic news of the week so you don't have to. Yep, we're swimming in it, and we're going <laughs> to give you the best of the best. What is the best, Zach? Well, the very best... I, in my opinion, was there's been a lot of attention around my alma mater lately and their basketball team's chaplain, uh, 97-year-old nun, Sister Jean Dolores Schmidt. Oh, my gosh. Yes, I've seen pictures. She's like five foot zero. Yep. And honestly, a, a saint. She is a walking saint. I knew her a little bit when I was at Loyola. Um, she works like 14 hours a day. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. And always you, is on her feet. You you also um, provided some services to the yes. basketball team. Yes. Am, am I correct? Sister Jean and I were colleagues. She <laughs> served as chaplain. I served as the philosophy tutor. <laughs> uh, so philosophy was paying my bills in yeah, college. That's Not after, really. Yeah. But <laughs> um, yeah, that job existed and I was lucky enough to fill it. So, What's like the best philosophical debate you've had with a basketball player? Ooh. Uh, we did a lot of like, we did Kant. So mm-hmm. the categorical imperative, <laughs> trying to teach that to the basketball team was yeah. like, is it, you know, always wrong to cross the street when, uh, 
the the sign doesn't tell you you can. Is jaywalking ever a good thing? You know, if you break the rule once, does it break the rule everywhere? Oh, wow. You know? Absolutely not, my opinion. But, <laughs> uh, but you know, that, that was always fun, getting into those debates. We never, I, I wasn't very good at applying them to basketball. I was cut from the basketball team. I bring this up a lot <laughs> in high school, so I didn't have a working knowledge yeah. to communicate on that level with them. That's rough. So when our head coach, Porter Moser, got his job, Sister Jean sent him a bio of all the players on the team and was one of the first people to reach out to him. And also, before every game, she'll send out a little scouting report to the players about, oh, you know, what to look out for in their opponents. Yeah. Uh, so chaplain extraordinaire, Sister Jean. And she's, you know, before every game, leading the prayers. Good stuff. All right. Next story. So there were these monks in the 17th century, and a lot of monks brew their own beer. Um, this is as much news as a yeah, Catholic fun fact. Yeah, but it's a very fun fact. It's an article <laughs> that sort of like pops up every Lent, so we're resurfacing it for you. Yes. I, I had never seen it before. But yeah, so there are these monks in southern Italy, um, and they take Lent very seriously. They eat no solid foods for the 40 days of Lent. Oof. Yeah, but the if upside you, <laughs> there is an upside. They get their sustenance entirely from a special beer. From beer, <laughs> a beer that has all the carbs and vitamins and minerals you need to survive. Um, so long before like Silicon Valley bros were making their Soylent Green shakes so that they could just coat all day and not worry about those pesky meals, <laughs> monks had made the perfect nutrition shake so shout out to the monks yep also in lenten news this first friday of lent when you're listening to this pope francis settled the eternal question should you give money to homeless people who are asking for it you know a lot of people will say you know they're just gonna spend it on booze or drugs or whatever Mm -hmm. um and pope francis kind of firmly said don't worry about how they spend it just give them the money. Yeah. No, if they, <laughs> he like, he basically said if they spent it on wine, then. I'd spend it on booze. I, yeah. I mean, come on. Makes them happy. Yeah. And Pope Francis said, he's like, you know what? Maybe wine is their only happiness. And who's going to rob them of that? Yeah. And it reminds me of a quote. I actually don't know if this is attributable. I really don't know this. <laughs> um, <laughs> a quote that I was always told from St. John Vianney, who said, uh, the homeless will be judged on what they do with the alms they're given. You will be judged on whether or not you give the alms. All right, we are very happy to welcome on the show, Jorge Corona. Corona, not Budweiser. Hello. Not Budweiser. I only, that sounds offensive, but that is your email. I mean, it is offensive. Yeah, I was, I was kind of offended. <laughs> Jorge is a uh, producer at Gizmodo Media, which Fusion is... Of, of which Fusion is now a part. They're right. going through this this big uh, marrying of the families. I see. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, Jorge, um, after the election of Donald Trump, you had a... You produced or were the star of a video produced by Fusion um, talking about what it is like to be undocumented under Trump. It's a very precarious situation to be in um, for myself, but also for the 11 million undocumented immigrants that are in this country. It's very nerve-wracking. It's very nerve-wracking for me to picture uh, my mom or uh, my siblings 
going through something like that. How old were you when you came over? When I came to the U.S., I was 11, about to turn 12. Okay. Um, I entered the United States on a travel visa with the plan of like, you know, my parents wanted to actually start a business and they had a plan uh, set down for that to happen. But after they sold everything in Mexico, the business partner pulled out. And so we were just sort of like, well, what do we do now? And my parents decided to stay and try to make something uh, happen, try to make a business of their own and then just sort of um, try their luck at becoming American after that in some sort of way or another or through whatever legal pathways there were. Uh, it turns out there aren't many legal pathways. It's not uh, as easy as people will often say, you know, like, oh, you should just try to get legal. It's like, yeah. yeah that, get in line. Why don't you just get in line? Well, that's a great idea. <laughs> I will say, like, that's a fantastic idea. But there are so many requirements to getting in line that sometimes... And just, there's not one line. Right. There are so many lines. Are and many. sometimes getting in line can be counterproductive when... Uh, you don't meet these very pesky requirements. Can you talk a little bit about how you felt immediately after the election of Donald Trump? Um, yeah, it's just it was just a weird disbelief and a weird uh, state of uncertainty that I sort of describe more more so on the written piece of like you know what's going to happen now. Well, I don't know because I don't know if he's going to follow up on his promises. I don't know if he's actually going to do the things the mean things he said he would do. He's he's said that. He's, he's going to show great heart to the people, the dreamers, the people affected by DACA. Does that, <laughs> does uh, that give you any, <laughs> any hope or I mean, encouragement? Or? I, th- I think I read somewhere uh, last week that Jorge Ramos did call, out, call him out and said, well, go ahead and show your great heart. Wouldn't yeah. that be nice? Like, yeah. Go ahead and do something for these people. Go ahead and help the 11 million undocumented people in the country. Uh, yeah, you know. he's, he, he, I'm reading a quote. He says, DACA is a very, very difficult subject for me, I will tell you. So <laughs> if it's yeah. difficult for Trump, I can't imagine how difficult it is I mean, for you. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> difficult. He's right. Uh, but I hope it's difficult to him for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah. The thing that, I, that killed me the most was that, you know, people like yourself who, you know, went through what I'm sure was like a agonizing decision to register yourself in order to get DACA. And so then you're you're in a database and they but know see, who you are. Back then that wasn't that wasn't even a thought, you know. It was just like, oh, things are things are looking better. Let's let's do what's right because we got in that line because it was the line that was open and that would take us some of us, not all of us. Right. So good suggestion whoever said get in line. Yes. <laughs> but make more lines. <laughs> Come on. I don't mean to be to, for it to be more than I am a part of this country, and it, historically this country has been made by people in situations like mine, and uh, we just really, I think, if we care about the country, we can't uh, afford to forget that and to uh, to diffuse a narrative contrarian to the idea of. Uh, immigration of the melting pot that is America and of uh, loving each other and loving the differences within each other. What would you say to someone who's like, okay, that makes sense, but there are a lot of people who want to be a part of that melting pot and they're doing it the legal way. Why, why let the people who did it illegally jump the line? Actually, I I bet this isn't a, what would you say? I bet you've had to say this to people before, right? <laughs> yeah. I, well, when the video came out, I thought I owed it to some people, uh, the people who actually tried to engage and ask 
questions like this one, mm -hmm. uh, like to actually try to respond in the best way that I could. So if you go back to the original posting by Fusion, I have a lot of like little, you know, I commented from comment my Facebook you, profile. You jumped yeah, into yeah. that comment? <laughs> yeah, I did. Well, well that's it, brave. It, it, <laughs> that's very brave. So I did say to some people, well, you know, like, yes, there is a legal system, but I think the legal system has not been revised in a while and it's been the subject of debate for a long time. And it's also a system that's... Uh, that has roots in very questionable practices, very questionable beliefs about exclusion. Um, basically, it's not a good system. And I think there is room for improvement. And what I'm saying is, let's improve it, you know, instead of kicking people out. And I think a lot of conservatives would agree with that. Honestly. Yeah, I am. Um, I recently did this interview with my dad, some mm. like hard hitting journalism mm -hmm. <laughs> to him, um, because he he's a he's a card carrying Republican. Um, Does he actually have a card? I I think they get cards, cool. <laughs> or at least we get a lot of mail asking for money. <laughs> cool. Um, but so it was the 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 video interview was about um, he my family hosted Muslim refugees and mm. people think oh that's weird a Republican hosting refugees but um, when I asked him about it um, it 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 wasn't despite his conservatism it was very much a part of it um he he sees america as a country built by immigrants much like our irish immigrant forebears and you know there's there's a line in the video where it's you know immigrants are the last ones looking for a handout which is a very like you know republican resonating way to look at it like hmm. these are the people who are working hard deferring gratification sacrificing you know they don't they don't want a welfare check <laughs> so he very much um you know, embraced immigration based on his conservative principles. So I feel like talking to people or, you know, trying to find those areas of common ground is a really helpful way of talking about this. How do you remain hopeful in, during times like this, you know, aside from the support that you get from your family um, and your fiancé? Um, but you mentioned sometimes it does feel like a very lonely sort of journey. How yeah. do you remain, how do you keep hope alive? Well, it's interesting because, yes, it is lonely, but it's not lonely at the same time because, you know, I'm going through it with my family and, you know, I feel like uh, at least growing up, I knew a few people who were in the, on the same boat. Um, keeping the faith, I mean, keeping the hope sort of is tied to our faith, no? Of like yeah. Being hopeful. Uh, I think from a from a certain perspective, it's kind of like just a waiting game. And sometimes it can be hard and sometimes it can be, you know, frustrating because you don't see, you don't see it. It's not right in front of you. Uh, but then sometimes it feels like it'll go just the way that you need it to go and that whatever happens will happen and that it's all part of a, a greater orchestration uh, that you never even had control on. And it's, I guess, looking at it that way, you could find a lot of parallels yeah, uh, with what faith is and how it s sort of affects your life and an everyday thing. Yeah. That's really beautiful. Yeah. Oh, thanks. I'm here every day. 
You're just supposed to be the funny Can guy you be in my here life. Every day? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am a funny guy. You haven't allowed me to make jokes. I know. Yet. I feel bad. I feel like I've been just hitting uh, you with these. You, well, I mean, it's hard. Tell it's... us, tell us an undocumented immigration joke. Oh no. Okay. Actually, geez. Just, uh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's just hard because, like, how do you pivot from that to like, oh yeah, I also do improv comedy in yeah. New York. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's how you pivot. And there fun. you go. You transition yeah. perfectly. Just like that. Uh, Okay, so where can people find you? Uh, we're a pretty new team. We don't have a web page or anything, but okay. if you ever see, our name is Damn It Kevin. Damn It Kevin? Damn it Kevin. Yeah. That's a great name. So if you ever see us. <laughs> is someone named Kevin? Someone in our group is named Kevin. Okay, what yeah. did he do? Uh, he didn't do anything. <laughs> I don't sure? remember him doing anything, but we were just like, oh, that would be fun. And then it just sort of stuck, and then we didn't <laughs> change it. So we ask every guest that comes on the show, if you could canonize one person who's alive today. Or dead, but not already a saint. Yes, but not already a saint. Who would you make a saint? <laughs> if I could canonize a person who's alive or dead today. So. Yeah, it's, that, that one's easy. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> uh, one person. It can be your mom. <laughs> oh, my want. God. She should be a saint. That's what I'm saying. I was saying. like, now you're going to make him pick his mom. That's a, that's, <laughs> now if he doesn't, he's going to look. Yeah. Actually, sorry, Jeez. mom. Oh man. <laughs> sorry, Jorge's mom. Uh, no. Sorry, mom. Just kidding. Moms are off limits. I mean, isn't she already a saint, though? Yes. Ooh. Ooh, good point. Good save. I think I would canonize a group, and that's the group of many people who are uh, helping people on the margins. I don't. I don't. I can't call them by name. I can't say anything about them, but I do know that there is. A bunch of people working for good out there in very small, very uh, non-ludicrous ways that are doing some great work whose names will never get said and who will probably never be canonized. I would canonize them. That's my decree. That's really sweet. That's awesome. It also sounds like you're speaking about, like, the good Illuminati. <laughs> 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 Or just like nuns. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. Every time I look at my dollar bills, <laughs> I think of you, the good Illuminati. All right. The good Illuminati up for canonization. <laughs> Hear that, God? Thanks, Jorge. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thanks, Jorge. Now it's time for Consolations and Desolations, the portion of our show where we talk about where we saw God this week and where it was a little bit tougher to see God. What do you got, Zach? I'll start with my desolation. Uh, So we launched today. This is Wednesday when we're recording. Uh, This is when the first episode went up. Um, And there was podcaster a lot of work, turns out. (laughs) Uh, You don't just get to turn the mics on and, you know fire back and forth and drop great content from your (laughs) mouth. Uh, And so there are a lot of snafus, um, one of which is we're waiting on the iTunes overlords to approve us. Yes. So iTunes, if you're listening. (laughs) Steve Jobs, if you're listening. Uh, So hopefully by the time you hear this, we're on iTunes and you should subscribe and leave us a review. Um, But in the meantime, you can find us on, you know, Podbean and on our website and social media feeds. So, I was a little down about that, that I originally felt like I couldn't celebrate 
what a, an accomplishment this was because a lot of work has gone into this. But one of my coworkers pulled me aside and was, you know, reminding me that that's not the voice of God telling you this. So you should feel proud of this and happy about it. Um, so that was my desolation um, until I was pulled out of it. My consolation, um, I was on the radio today talking about the podcast a little bit. So I was yeah, on Sirius. America has a Sirius XM show. And for the first time ever, Zach was one of the co-hosts of that. And I shot my dad a text yesterday um, because, and he told me that uh, he and my grandpa Davis would have been, or he are proud of me because my grandpa Davis was actually, uh, he died when I was like five, but he was a, he DJ on the radio. Aww. Yeah. So I didn't know him super well, but there's always been this picture of him nice. at a microphone with headphones on. And so that was cool for my dad to like see his son do that too. So I was really, I was really consoled by that. Good stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, how about you, Ashley? Um, Desolation is that Olga is in Tokyo. And so we have this empty third mic sitting at our desk with no Olga behind it. And my consolation, weirdly enough, comes from President Donald Trump. I don't... What? (laughs) he, He had his first address to a joint session of Congress. It's kind of like the State of the Union, but not... Um, and it was, there was a much more sober tone. Um, he was not combative. He was not taking on like the fake New York Times. I mean, there, there, or the fake American media or the fake American. (laughs) Not this time. Um, no. So, you know, he actually had some good lines that, you know, I could sign on to like true love for our people require requires us to find common ground to advance the common good and to cooperate on behalf of every American child who deserves a much brighter future. So those are nice words. I know they're only words, <laughs> but we haven't had nice words yet. <laughs> so that we that we're getting there, I find kind of consoling. But what I found more consoling was that I watched this speech surrounded by colleagues eating gumbo for Mardi Gras for Mardi Gras yeah. <laughs> and yeah I've 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 come to find that I need like a support group whenever I listen to a Donald Trump speech so we had that in in full force last night <laughs> thankfully all right I think that just about wraps it up you can listen to us every Friday from now on. Jesuitical is brought to you by America Media and produced by Wyatt Massey. Our editor is Noah Levinson. Jesuit formation provided by Eric Sundrup, SJ. And adult supervision provided by Carrie Weber. And this week, Eloise Blondu. Did I say her name right? Not even close. <laughs> I've never said your name out loud. <laughs> Blondau? Nope. Blond- Blondio. Blondio! Jeez Louise. You can follow us on Twitter at Jesuitical Show and send us your questions, feedback, comments, cocktail recipes, and tell us where you found God this week at Jesuitical at americamedia.org. 